Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. wait until New Year's comes and then we're like well then we'll kind of engage at some point in time but here's something that the Lord put on my heart for the next three months God has spoken to me in regards to some, some things that we're going to be ministering on and it's all with the endeavor to take us further and and cause us to engage with him in a whole fresh way and so if you'll hang with us I'm telling you what God's going to visit your life visit your home and we're going to go up higher amen you know, I went to the Philippines several years ago, and there was a two-year Bible college. And the first-year students had a motto, and the second-year students had a, had, a, had a motto as well. And the first year, uh, their motto was, uh, we're on top and rising. Well, listen, we can be on top, but when you're on top, you can still go further. So we're going further, amen? And then the other class, their motto was this, we're tougher than hell. Listen, hell is tried to come against your life, come against this church, come against this community, come against this nation. But listen, it's God's people that are tougher than hell, and we are going to experience heaven on earth. Amen? And so come on, let's go after God. Let's not sit down. Let's not lay down. Let's not get settled, complacent. Let's purpose to go after God, and let's purpose to see him show up in a, in a mighty way in our lives and in our church. Praise God. Amen. Well, hey, let me ask you a question. How many of you enjoy the Christmas season? Raise your hand if you enjoy the holidays. Some people, I realize, they don't. They're just like, you know, I've had some bad experiences uh, or maybe just, you know, some tra traumatic things or maybe they're just kind of like bah humbug, you know, I just don't like all that stuff. But, you know, we have 28 days until Christmas Day and there are some people that just get in the end of the holiday season sooner than others. There are individuals that like set up for Christmas, begin to decorate, get the house all established the day after Thanksgiving. Anybody in here one of those Thanksgiving day after setter uppers? Okay, we got a few in here. Anybody before Thanksgiving? Oh, we got a, a few in here. Oh, come on, man. All right. Now, let me ask you this. How many are, are in here that's like I set up the day before and take it down the day after? Anybody in here like that? <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple all right how about this how many of you uh set up and leave it up until 
after New Year's Day. <laughs> okay, man, it's awesome. Oh, my. You know, we set up for Christmas fairly early, and I don't know, it was a few years back, man, we left it up till February. <laughs> yeah, we were out of town, and so it wasn't because, yeah, it wasn't because we liked it so much, we just got, got kind of lazy, you know? But again, you know, when you think about the holidays and you start getting set up in those particular uh, 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 decorations of life, you know, uh, it does something in the home, doesn't it? My wife is one of those individuals that she decorates very well at the house. And so as a result, it makes it very warm, very cozy. You walk into the house and everything feels like Christmas. And again, it's just a, a warm, fuzzy feeling. And not only that, not only do we decorate ourselves or decorate our homes, but in addition to that, you know, uh, we, what do we do? We set up the trees, we set up the lights, we set up the garland, we set up the pictures, we set up the snowmen, the, the, the Santa Clauses and the reindeers and the sleighs and, you know, put the little fake snow everywhere, right? Again, we just get everything decorated for Christmas. And then on top of that, you have the radio stations that after Thanksgiving, they kick it into high gear and then every song that comes on the radio, it's a Christmas song. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you start watching. In fact, our kids, they're starting to anticipate the Christmas movies. Anybody like the Christmas movies? I mean, they're the classics. You continually watch them year after year. You know, in our house, it's Elf. Does anybody like Elf? You know, it's just one of those Christmas classics. For me, there's a warm, fuzzy one, and it's uh, that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer one. I, I don't know. I just, that just brings back warm, fuzzy feelings. You know, in that one line, she thinks I'm cute. She thinks I'm, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's the, <laughs> I don't know why this stands. But once again, everything around us is screaming, it's Christmas time. Right? You drive down the road and every community has their little things and their lights hung up and you go to the stores and they're all decorated for Christmas and you're getting the ads in the mail and obviously you have Black Friday and everything is saying it's Christmas season. It's the time for Christmas. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And again, it's that way for several days and for several weeks and we're constantly reminded of a day... A holiday called Christmas. But everything that we're reminded of concerning this season and this time is not really about a holiday. It's not about a day. It's not Christmas. It's about Christ of Christmas, right? Really, the whole holiday and the season is about Jesus. And so, if you think about it, everything that we're reminded of during this time is pointing to a holiday. But what if we just lived our life in such a way that in the next 30 days, rather than making it all about the holidays and all about Christmas, what if we actually began to focus on Jesus as much as we do everything else concerning the holiday? Because once again, I love the holiday. I love the way my wife decorates the house. It just makes you feel good. But once again, what if my efforts were not just listening to jingle bells, rocking around the Christmas tree, and they're all well and good. But what if my listening was actually to engage with the Christ of Christmas? What if all my 
desires of spending time watching the Christmas movies, and there's nothing wrong with them, but obviously you start watching, oh, oh listen, it's coming on Friday night at 7 o'clock. What if we were so intentional in pursuing the Christ of Christmas during this season that we're like, oh, I can't wait. Friday, I've set a date with Jesus. I'm going to spend time with him. What if everything that I began to do to start looking in the catalogs and see who's got what on sale and my kids, they're looking and circling all the toys. What if rather than investing all the time in the sales paper, I was actually spending some time in the scripture finding the Christ of Christmas? What if in this season we actually pursue Jesus rather than a holiday? Because once again, all this effort and time that we are spending right now is stirring up emotions and feelings about a holiday. But what if the investment was about a relationship with him? What kind of emotions and feelings and experiences would we have if we exerted that much effort during this season in pursuing him what would it look like what would it be like what would it feel like amen and I don't know about you I said my wife does an amazing job uh, decorating for the holidays uh, she does so much I mean she's got nooks and crannies that are filled with all kinds of things well when she breaks it all back down the house feels bare it feels cold and empty it feels like our house is missing something and that is just because decorations have been removed if I can have a longing because I miss the decorations the things that I invested time to remind me of Christmas what if we spent that much time to where we just step back and after the fact we said man I'm missing Jesus I feel empty because I invested so much time in pursuing the Christ of Christmas that now I paused for today and I just feel like something's not right because I'm so used to being surrounded by Him. My home is cultivated with His presence because of my pursuit after Jesus. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? Now, once again, as... We as families, we all establish traditions, don't we, when it comes to the seasons? And this isn't a Christmas message. It's really just talking about preparing for the season, the season that we're in. And I want to help refocus our attention so that as we end this year, our year is with a pursuit of knowing Him. Rather than just having another year go by and thinking, Dear God, did I let the kids down? Did they get everything that they wanted? Were they disappointed? So-and-so didn't come over. I got into an argument with that one. But it was left with God. We experienced you in this season. And so we all establish traditions, don't we? Maybe some of your traditions are you, you go to Zenders and you walk through town or you go look at lights, you go eat at Zenders, whatever the case might be. Uh, maybe uh, for some of you, you know, it's been the tradition. You always go and find Santa Claus somewhere. And you tell our kids, you know, hey, listen, we're going to go see Santa Claus. And you get to sit on his lap and you get to give him your list and tell him all the things that you wanted to Anybody, Anybody ever take your kids to see Santa? Sure. So many of us did. In fact, we have a picture that is forever 
settled in the history of our family. It's actually got the date printed on it, 2013. And there are my daughter standing next to Santa Claus in the background, and little one-year-old Carson is sitting on Santa's lap. And my daughters are like, and Carson is like, you know, you know, he's, he's screaming because he, he, he's sitting on Santa's lap. So once again, we say, let's go see Santa. He's sitting on his chair. And if you go see Santa, take your list and you tell him all the things that you want for Christmas. And that's become a tradition for many of our families. Or again, it just becomes a tradition because you want to get the picture. But what if there was a tradition in our family, especially during this season as we wind up the year, what if it wasn't about going and finding Santa Claus and giving him the wish list, which all of us parents know that Santa Claus can't do nothing about that wish list. You understand what I'm saying. But what if we made it a tradition where we as a family, we as parents and we instructed our children rather than going and sitting on the seat with Santa why don't we learn how to go to the throne of God because Jesus the Christ of Christmas is seated on his throne and the Bible says that we have access to go to him and experience him and have an encounter with him, and we can crawl up right on his lap and say, Jesus, I've got a wish list. I want to talk to you about it. And he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no one that can do what he does to bless and change your life, to make your life look different. What if in this season we pursued God and said, God, I'm going to come before you and experience you because I'm making a choice to choose the best thing. Let me give you a scripture real quick. It's one that you're familiar with in regards to Jesus' ministry. In Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 41, again giving you a backdrop to the story, there's the story of Mary and Martha, and Jesus is in their midst, and Martha is all about the busyness of doing what needs to be done. And how many of you know that life has details that need to be given attention to? We have responsibilities. We have things that we're accountable to. And there's all those things. But do you understand that there's also things that we busy our life with that are not necessary, but we've allowed ourselves to be hoodwinked in some things, thinking that this is and must be a priority, but really it's nothing more than a, a ploy to pull us away from sitting at the feet of Jesus. God wants us to experience Him, but He wants us to be intentional to say, God, I'm not going to try to fit you in. I'm actually going to come and sit at your feet, and I'm going to come before your throne. I'm going to experience and encounter you, and I'm going to have fellowship with you. And so Mary and Martha, they're there in the presence of Jesus. And as I said, Martha's about all the busyness of what needs to be done. And she says to Mary, she says, what are you doing? You're just over there hanging out with Jesus. And there's so much that needs to be done. 
She said, I need your help. And there's all this busyness that must be attended to. But you're over there just hanging out with Jesus. Now look at what it says here in Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read it from a different translation. It says this starting in verse 41. Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are occupied with anxious and troubling thoughts about many things. Those many things that clutter your mind are all very brief and of of little importance compared to the one thing that outweighs them all. The one thing deserves your undivided attention. Mary has sourced her permanent portion in this beautiful conversation. So in other words, Mary was at the feet of Jesus listening to him. And a different translation actually says that Mary has chose the better portion. Amen. How many of you realize that there are all kinds of options of things that you can do during this holiday season? You can make it all about the presents that you got to buy and people that you got to force yourself to hang out with and meals that you've got to prepare and just all the stuff about the season and the day and the holiday, or you can choose the better portion and actually say, God, this is going to be a year like no other. We're actually going to pursue you. Rather than focusing on going sitting on Santa's lap, we're going to come and sit on your lap. We're going to come in the very presence of God. Now notice what it says here. He says, she chose the better conversation. Remember that translation said that? That word is actually translated, or that word is translated as the word Lego in the Greek. Has anybody ever played with Legos? Anybody ever stepped on a Lego? <laughs> I mean, that'll either make you swear or say praise the Lord, one of the two, you know? Yeah! The Bible says that what Jesus is speaking is translated in the Greek as Lego, which means a a, a discourse, a conversation of instructions. What do Legos do? Legos begin to stack and build upon one another to build something that you desire, right? And he says, when Mary has been sitting at my feet, I've been speaking to her and giving her Legos, things that she can hear and build her life upon. And so listen, this year, if you're smart, you'll get Legos for Christmas. Amen. My son is a Lego fanatic. I never had Legos when I was a kid. But my son, he started collecting Legos, and, and, and he's been blessed by so many different people, and he'll get money, and he starts saving up to get that next project, and uh, he'll start buying them. And He's probably got over a couple thousand dollars worth of, of Legos just that he's bought or been blessed with. And every time he gets a Lego set, he is so excited to begin to put it together. And isn't it interesting that there is a picture of a desired outcome when he begins, but it's the Legos that he systematically puts together. There's a discourse of action that produces what he wants to see. 
And there's a life that you desire to experience and to have and that God has promised. And every time you come to the throne of God to sit at His feet, He's not going to give you answers and millions of dollars. Just here you go. He's going to give you Legos so that you can begin to build on your life and see the picture that He's promised to you, the picture that you've seen in your heart, the picture that you've seen in the Word of God. And you can say, God, you've been so faithful. Every time that I've come to you, you've given me exactly what I need. Amen. How many of you have ever been disappointed at Christmas time? Anybody ever have one of those? I'm sure we all have. I remember a few years back, I thought I'd be a little more practical. I can't remember what it was that I bought my wife, but I heard about it afterwards. I'm like, well, I thought it was pretty cool. I'm like, baby, I said, if you come and give me a, 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 you know, a cordless drill, I said, man, I'd be ecstatic. And she said, well, listen to me. I don't want a cordless drill. <laughs> so anyway, so you, we've all been disappointed at Christmas, but I guarantee you that if you'll pursue God in this season, he will not let you nor leave you disappointed. He'll give you everything that you need to have an encounter with him and to wind up this year shouting glory unto God, not sitting there crossing your arms and thinking, dear God, God, let me, it was disappointed me this year. No, I'm telling you what, we can leave this year having a shout coming over into 2023 and when they're predicting so much doom and gloom we can be the people that stand up and say it's the best year of our life because we're children of God let me give you another scripture here because once again if we'll purpose to run to the throne of God he will give us all that we need and exactly what we need if we'll choose the better what's the better the better is to pursue the Christ of Christmas and not just live in the emotion of a holiday or a day. Look at what it says here in Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 16. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. I've been encouraging you during this season, let's not pursue sitting on Santa's lap. Let's go to the throne of God and sit on God's lap. But notice he says to us, come boldly. Come boldly. That means you can come with confidence and assurance that when you approach him, he's not going to say, what are you doing here? And I think so many of us feel that way, don't we? Because we start thinking about our past. We start thinking about the experiences. We're thinking about all the stuff. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace that word grace is simply God's ability so in other words God's saying don't come in your ability I've already made the ability available for you so come come boldly then it goes on to say this that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need I've already asked the question that when it comes during this holiday season do you ever feel the pressure <clears throat> Of this time if you're struggling financially what do you feel pressure in I'm not gonna buy, be able to buy the gifts that I desire to I'm gonna let somebody down or they might be disappointed or angry with me or whatever the case might be does anybody or has anybody ever felt the pressure of the season sure we all have 
When we were first married, uh, you know, we started the church. Well, you know, it was the bare bones when we first started the church. And so we streamlined our life to, to, to basically nothing. We just lived and made it very simple. And we communicated to our family. We said, listen, we're not being Scrooges, but it's just tight right now. And so here's what we're going to do. We're only going to buy for the little kids, and we're not going to buy for everybody else. We love you. We appreciate you. We're communicating to you. You don't have to buy for us. This is just where we're at. We refuse to get under the pressure of the season. Well, just because you refuse to, you still feel it. But you understand what I'm saying. There's the pressure of the season. But did you notice that the Bible says, come to the throne of grace boldly to find mercy in time of need. Mercy is what? God's love. And once again, when you'll make the choice to say, God, I want to come boldly, but... And what is the but? The but is always your excuses as to why you can't or what's causing you to be disqualified to actually come into God's presence. But God says, when you come, there's mercy. There's mercy. And God's mercy is far more than you can even comprehend. Uh, let, let me just put that in context. As a pastor, I'm just a man like you sometimes, and there are times that I've run into people, and I've said, God, if I was you, I'd just, I'd kill them right now. <laughs> Why? Because they just, they don't deserve mercy, right? Man, I'd just slap them upside the head if I was you, God. Aren't you glad that you and I are not God? Because God is full of mercy, and you can't do enough or have done anything in your past that mercy has not covered that enables you to come boldly into the presence of God. How many of you have ever had things in your past that seemed to haunt you? We all do. We all do. I was just talking with somebody the other day. And they were talking about their family upbringing and just how the family dynamic was and the divorce. And, and the, the, the person said to me, I was only just a, a little child under the age of 10 when my parents got divorced. And they said, it seemed like it was life stopped when mom and, got, mom and dad got divorced. Life just stopped. And that individual is still impacted by the decisions of the past that wasn't even theirs. And how that affects so many of us. And God says, I don't identify you with your past, your upbringing, or decisions, or things that you did. Because all you'll find when you come to this place is mercy. You know, God doesn't have a naughty or nice list. When you approach him, notice it says this, that you will obtain grace to find help in time of need. So in other words, that must mean when I come into the presence of God, I can bring my list and say, God, I need help. And God doesn't say, the response that I give to you in measure to your need is based upon whether you've been naughty or nice. Nope. He doesn't give you a lump of coal saying, yep, you messed up. No, the Bible says when you come, what you find is mercy. 
And that's why you can come boldly into the presence of God. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Because once again, this ought to be, and I encourage you, let's make this season the best holiday season we have ever known because we're pursuing God and we're intentional about it. Amen? Let me give you another scripture here. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 22. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What's God going to do every time you come? He said the blood of Jesus is washed, and actually the blood of Jesus sits on the mercy seat in heaven. So the blood of Jesus has cleansed you from everything of wrongdoing and it sits on the mercy seat in front of God and therefore every time you come to the throne of God into his presence, God first sees the blood on the mercy seat before he sees you and then when he looks at you, he sees you as being pure and righteous before him. Amen. And every time you come into his presence, here's what you can be assured he's going to give you. Again, let me reiterate what I said. You might say, well, God, I need a, I need a thousand dollars. Well, that's great. But what God's going to more likely do is give you Legos that will help you connect to the thousand dollars that you need or whatever it is that you have need of, right? Why? Because if God just always just handed things out to you every time that you just squalled and bawled, well, then again, God would just be nothing more than a slot machine. But what he does is he gives you Legos when you come into his presence that helps you begin to build and establish the life that he said is available to you. Come on, somebody. Are you, are you tracking with me? You know, I was talking with a, a friend of mine. He and I have become friends over the last few years. And uh, his dad committed suicide when he was three years old. And... To, to know this God, this man is a, just a, a good-hearted man, a good Christian man. And, and I, I just, I'm, oftentimes, well, I, I just study him. And I asked him, uh, oh, it was a few weeks back, I was, I was with him, and I said to him, I said, what causes you to be the way that you are? I said, because you could be a drunk, you could be a, a, a mean, belligerent person, you could be angry at God, you could just be a jerk. Because of the, the experiences of life, the fact that you didn't have a dad, the fact that your mom was kind of like the, the bar fly and just brought all kinds of men home with her. He, I, I said, you could be an entirely different man. I said, how come you're not that way? I said, how come you have such a soft and gentle heart about you? And he said, well, he said, I was that way for a while. And he said, and my brother still is that way. He said, but all of a sudden, he said, one day... After receiving Jesus, he said, now it was, a, it was a progression of growth. He said, but one day I discovered that even though I lost my natural father, he said, I got the best father that there is. And he said, and I began to learn from my heavenly father. And I began to learn how to trust him. And I'm telling you what, this God blesses me. Because once again, he, 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 he's somebody that... Could have just gone down a different road, but he's very entrepreneur. He's developed a business. He's very successful. He's, he's got, uh, he, he rubs shoulders with influential people. And I'm like, God, 
How did he come from that but has become that? And it's because he purposed to go to the throne of God. He came to sit at the feet of the Father and choose the better portion. And as a result, he took the Legos that God gave him and began to build and establish a life that honors God. Amen. What are you doing with your Legos? Let me also say this in regards to our lives. I've said to you that over the last several weeks that God has really stirred in my heart that he's building in this church and establishing a young generation. And you might say, it don't look like it right now. Well, just hide and watch because God's moving in our church. And there's going to be a, a, a group of young people. When I say young people, I'm talking about teenagers that are rising up that have a hunger to know God. But now, with that being said, I want to challenge you, moms and dads. And this is going to be a constant challenge that I give you. And it's not because you're endeavoring to be hard. It's simply, I want your heart to know God, and I want your kids to know God. But now, obviously, we as parents have established traditions in our home, and our kids are very well versed in our traditions what mom and dad do they set up the tree and we do this and we do that and in fact i know one family i think what is it uh isn't there a polar express something and they always go to the polar express again we just have traditions right we all do those things we go to frankenmuth and take pictures in the with all the background and all that and while we're there the kids like let's go to splash village and it's like no let's not do that you know (laughs) anyways but we establish traditions right And once again, if we were to say to your kids, there's a thousand people out there on a football field, and Santa Claus is in the midst of those thousand people, go find Santa Claus. Do you think your kids could find Santa Claus in the midst of the thousand people? Yeah. What would you begin to look for? You. Red. Yeah, because you just know Santa Claus wears a red suit. What else would you look for? What about you? A beard. Yes, because Santa Claus obviously has a big white bushy beard, right? And so more than likely, your kids could find Santa Claus in the midst of a thousand people because over the years, there's been tradition and instruction and there's been all kinds of things that have been built into a holiday that they have known who Santa is, what he looks like, and I can find him. But Santa is not the reason for the season. Christ or Jesus is the reason. And so mom and dad, let me ask you the question. If Jesus was in the sea of a thousand people, could your child find Jesus? And you might say, well, of course. He's got a robe. He's got a beard. Hey, listen, you just got pictures drawn by artists that kind of tell you what Jesus looked like. And you got this idea in your head. But the Bible says that Jesus was just a normal man. So if he was in the crowd as a normal man, but still Jesus the Christ, could your children find him? And you might say, well, how would they know? If you know him, you can find him. How about you as moms and dads, as people here? Could you find Jesus in the sea of a thousand people? You see, the more that you know him, the more that you'll experience him. 
For that matter, if my wife or my children in the sea of a thousand people began to call my name because I'm so familiar with their voice, I could locate their voice because I know it. I, I, they're calling me. I hear them. They're, they're over here. Nobody can say dad like they can. I know your kids call you dad or call you mom, but my kids have a tone in their voice, and I know the voice of my children, right? Well, see, I know the voice of my father because I sit at his feet, and I've experienced and I've encountered him, and he consistently gives me Legos in my life to help build the life that he says available to me. And if he's in the sea of the people, even if I can't see him, if he begins to call my name, I know him, I can find him because I do know his and see this year as we wind up this year and pursue the beginning of 2023 we're pursuing God and I guarantee you if you'll purpose to, to, to lock in hunker down pursue God you will know him and experience life like you've never experienced him young people if you'll stick with me our young people will begin to grow in their knowledge for God you think your kids are excited about experiencing Jesus or excuse uh, Santa Claus? Santa's coming to our house. You can come down the chimney. Listen, I guarantee you, if you'll pursue God, they'll start to have a desire for God to show up. And it's not just one time a year. Be like, oh, God's going to show up today. Amen. You know, I was driving home from uh, Oklahoma. Uh, what was it? Uh, Friday night. And I was sitting there, you know, I, I would listen to different things, and I listened to some worship music, and then it just got quiet, and I just began to say, Lord, I thank you for your word, because your word is actually Legos. Lord, thank you for your word. I thank you that I know your voice, and as I began to thank God for his word, the presence of God filled my vehicle. I mean, God showed up and filled. The presence of God was in my vehicle. Why? Simply because I was thanking Him for the Word of God. Because the Word's alive to me. And as I felt, I mean, literally, this is what I did. I'm like, whoo! Why? Because, man, I'm talking like the presence of God showed up. Amen. You can experience Him wherever you are. In fact, I just saw somebody in the back there as I was sharing that. Somebody said this a few weeks back as I was ministering. They said, you know, last week when you were ministering that message, he said to me, he said, as you were preaching, he said, I, I kid you not. He said, I experienced the presence of God. He said, I I've never experienced anything like He said, it, like, it just came all over me. And that's just sitting in the chair listening to a preaching message. Why? Because God's alive. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me? The fact of the matter is, is that you don't have to go looking for him. If you're a child of God, he's in you. I said, if you're a child of God, he's in you. And so here's my challenge to you right now. Just as much attention to details that you give for the holidays. The time that you set aside to listen to Christmas music and the Christmas TV shows. And the decorations that constantly remind you that it's Christmas. Why don't you just 
put us equal effort into pursuing His face, sitting before His throne. If you can sit down and watch Die Hard for two hours, can you sit down for 15 minutes and fellowship with the Word of God? God, talk to me. Speak to me. I want to know your voice. As much care as you give to the decorating of your home to make your family feel warm and fuzzy. Moms and dads, why don't you create an environment and a culture in your home that when your kids get home from school, they walk right into the presence of God and get smacked in the face because they stepped into the throne room of God. Why don't we create such an environment of knowing the Word of God and His voice that all through your children's life... See, again, what do we do as, as adults? Our kids will experience God at some point in time when they get older. No, listen, kids can know God. They can experience Him personally. Why? Because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I said to you that Carson has... Legos out the wazoo. You know what my son has begun to do? There's an app on my wife's iPad, and it's connected to the Lego site. He's not bought all that he's wanted so far, but he can go into the app, find what he wants, and it will show him the diagram of how to build it. Now, he's got so many Legos that he can take what he has and bring it together. And because there's the diagram, he can take what he already has and build what he wants. The Word of God is full of the pictures of God's promise, of how good God is. Of how much he loves you and wants to know you and for you to experience him. And he's already given you Legos. And every Sunday morning you get Legos. And God is just saying, will you allow me help you build the life that you've only dreamed? Will you just come and sit at my feet? Will you choose the better portion? Let's do life together. Amen. I'm saying the best is yet to come. If you're watching the news and getting a little anxious, it's because you've lost sight of the picture that God says available. Because all things are possible to him who believes. The Bible says that we're more than overcomers. Amen. We represent him. Are you ready to pursue him this year? As we close it out, let's not leave it. To the side. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. I pray. Over every single person that's in this room. Those that are watching and listening online. In the name of Jesus. We invite you. Into our hearts. Into our lives. Into our families. God we thank you for your mercy. That God. It's not about having to measure up. We've got mercy that draws us close. And we have the grace of God that empowers us and enables us 
to sit at your feet. God, we love you. We do desire you. We do want to know you. Help us in this season to draw near. And this we ask in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.